WHOV 88.1 FM welcomes you to the pastor's study. The pastor's study in any church is a place where the pastor can go to collect his thoughts, study God's word, and develop ideas and thoughts on what direction the church needs to take. The pastor's study is where research is done on various topics. Missions are brought to the forefront and salvation is formed. The pastor's study on WHOV is a talk show that allows you, the listener, to come inside and to find out more about the ministers in the area and the good works they are doing across the region, the nation, and the world. Hosted by Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church in Newport News, the pastor study is now open to the public. So come on in and find out what plans God has for his shepherds and his people. Listen, Eden is kingdom, and Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear ya. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? Let me see you do your hands like this. Come on, let me hear ya, let me hear ya. Put your hands together like this. Come on. When God made man, He made a spirit. It was His plan that we live blessed. The tempter came, we were distracted. The tempter came, and we fell. We were deemed to live a life that's beautiful, a life that's full, a life that's rich. Oh, it is my goal to remind you of this principle. You redeemed a newborn star. Come on, y'all, and tell them, say. Let's get back to Eden, live on top of the world. Let's get back to Eden, live on top of the world. Say it again, say it. Let's get back to Eden, live on top of the world. Y'all can say it, tell somebody. And welcome to the Pastor Study here on WHOV. This is the essence of HU, 88.1 WHOV. Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church, live in studio with you on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Glad to be back doing the show. Last week we were not available as we were uh, at the uh, Minister's Conference, the Hampton University Minister's Conference on last Tuesday. But we are certainly glad to be back with you. For another edition of the show and as always uh, we have other pastors that are on the show Pastor John Young of Empowered Believers Christian Learning Center is in studio with us Pastor Ray Johnson Calvary Revival Church Peninsula we all three we work the show we talk about issues we invite you to call in and uh, get your perspective as well but we also have with us a regular contributor and I understand uh, that many people have been calling into the radio station trying to get a hold of this guy and so we are glad that he can come on every other Tuesday to be a part of our show to talk about things that are very important to us as it pertains to fitness and nutrition and you do understand that every time he comes on the broadcast he always has some goodie bags that he brings with him so uh, the person we have in studio with us is Jerry Good he is a certified fitness trainer I'm proud to say he's my own fitness trainer works me out ridiculously hard but uh the results are there 
and uh, he is a uh, he's the manager the store manager of GNC in Military Circle Shopping Center in Norfolk and so we say first of all a good afternoon to you Jerry how you doing today I'm doing great Pastor Swan I want to thank you again uh, for the experience of being on the radio um, I'm being around in the presence of great men Pastor Young Pastor Swan and Pastor Johnson um, I want to let you know that these not only great pastors but great men as well so that's a it's, it's a pleasure being on the radio uh, now, explain to us again, because again, many people might be listening and don't know the connection. What's the correlation between the oil spill and the type of water that we should be drinking? Well, the thing with the oil spill, if it's not filtered, we don't know how much effect it has on coming into our water system. Now, it possibly could, but also you got to look at the fact of you're dealing with the minerals, you're dealing with the fact of mercury, all those things, um, the pH level balance in the water, those are things that can affect you as a person. One of the biggest things that people don't understand when your pH um, levels are out of whack, that makes a big difference. You can use the analogy like when you have a fish in a go on a fish tank. Once you change the water in that fish tank, you cannot um, change the water at a drastic pace. You have to bring the water down and slowly change the water so the pH balance um, will adjust to the fish. And that's the same thing with cleansing. Once you clean your system, that puts your pH balance level correctly. Also, too, it re-stimulates your metabolism. A lot of times we have slow metabolism because if you detoxify it, that means when you break down food or eat food, it stores up instead of being processed and breaking down. So if you have stored up food consistently because your body is not clean, that, uh, that's an overspill of why your metabolism is so slow. John, he, John, he breaks it down. He? I mean, he, metabolism all due to water, just the little things that perhaps we don't even know or take for granted. And so, Jerry, again, so very quickly, because we're, we're coming up on the end of the time. Number one, get a cleanser if you can. GNC at Military Circle it used to be $40. It's now $19.99. You have a set amount. They can see you if they want to get one of those cleansers. Number two, exercise regularly. Number three, uh, drink plenty of water. You say at least a gallon of water a day. Number four, exercise. Now, there's some people who have difficult schedules, can't necessarily get to the gym. Maybe life is just, you know, whatever it is. What are some things that you recommend that people might can do, say, at home if they can't get to the gym, some basic things that they can do to work out so that they can stay in shape? Well, one of the things I always tell people is that God can't steer a parked car. So one of the things you need to realize is that you can do push-ups. You can also, for cardiovascular, you can also do walking in place. You can do running in place. You can do jump rope. So it does take a 30-minute time period to get your heart elevated. Because, you know, I always tell people, a lot of people say, well, I, I walk and I exercise all day. But if you don't have your heart elevated for a long period of time, you're not going to burn those calories and get that blood circulation so you can get a benefit from it. So you can walk around the block. These are things you can do while you're home, but the key is consistency. Success is based on what you do on a daily basis. It's not something that you do over um, a week or two, once or twice. Everything you do on a daily basis determines your overall success, and that's the same thing with working out. Make it a daily routine so it doesn't seem like a job. And one thing you mentioned is important. It's not just the walking. It's the pace of the walking that, that's most important. So if somebody's even at the gym and they're on the treadmill and they're walking real slow, on the treadmill as you see many people in the gym that sometimes they do that now some people have health reasons and that's why they can't do it much faster but for those who can and are not doing it they're really doing themselves a disservice is what you're saying because definitely doing a disservice if you happen to be at the gym that's why you have the heart rate um 
where you can check and see what your heart rate burning fat zone Whereas heart rate, how much you're burning calories. So you can get your heart rate into those zones for burning calories and fat. And those are found on the machines as well. But if you don't have that, you can also buy an inexpensive heart rate monitor. Because once you get your heart rate in a certain zone, that means either you're burning fat or you're burning calories. So once you understand that, that's what you can do to elevate yourself. Because as you understand is that if you're doing something, the more and more you do something, the more you can get proficient at it. So you need to stimulate yourself by other things. Um, you could actually add weights to it, hand weights. You can get the body vest, which adds like five to ten pounds. Those are things that will help you out tremendously. All right, so here we go. Uh, he's giving us the simple tips for the summer. Number one, get those kids off the couch, get them exercising, get their heart rate up, let them drink plenty of water, leave the Kool-Aid, leave all the juices, Capri Sun, all that stuff, leave it away, focus on the water. Get them actively involved in their community. Take them around the block. Walk them, whatever the case might be. It's not only going to help them. It's going to help you also in the process. Now, we're almost out of time. And whenever Jerry comes, he always brings a goodie bag with him. So, uh, Jerry, what is in the bag this week uh, that you're giving out? Well, in the bag this week, we have the nutritional cereal. One thing about the cereal is that each cereal have a lot of sugar in it. But this particular cereal we have has 25 grams of protein. You know, protein helps with the glucose level. That way you can build lean muscle mass. Um, one of the things opposed to me, Pastor Swan was saying, is that if you do a lot of cardio, are you going to lose the muscle mass? The problem with people doing cardio consistently is that they don't do enough protein. An individual need at least have one gram of protein per body weight throughout the day. And if you're an athlete, 1.5 grams of body weight per day. So the more cardio you do, all it's going to do is trim off the fat, not decrease the muscle. Um, one of the things I was saying about the eating, if you go to my website, bodybyjg.com, click on lose up to 17 pounds in two weeks. That's an eating program you can do for two weeks that's going to help with you. It's got high protein, good carbs, and low fat. And that's something basic you can do on a daily basis. All right. So once again, and keep that formula in mind for those who are trying to lose weight, but also maintain your muscle composition and structure. One gram of protein for every pound that you weigh. So if you weigh 150 pounds, say, for example, you need to consume at least 150 grams of protein a day. If you're an athlete, it needs to be 1.5 times your body weight. So, again, if you're exercising and you're sweating, that's good. That's going to reduce the fat. I also learned a very important lesson over the past week. Many people uh, have excess weight around their waist area. And so you do a lot of sit-ups, you do a lot of things to try to reduce the fat around the waist area. You don't reduce fat around your waist area simply by doing sit-ups and different things. You have to sweat, you have to work out completely, work your body out, sweat, get your heart rate up. That's how the weight comes off. Then you do the protein to make sure that you're leaned up once you have lost the excess weight. Is that correct, Jerry? That's, that is definitely correct because um, that's what happens. A lot of times people do sit-ups, but once again... Um, as I train people, the biggest thing I tell you is that once you're with me, we're going to break the body down and make it grow back stronger. But also, too, um, once you leave me, your goal is to eat eating program and your actual cardio is going to determine the fact of how you look. Because I always tell people, even if you see professional basketball players, look how much time they do spend running up and down the court. But a lot of them are not toned and cut because when they leave that gym, they're out there eating peace and the wrong thing. So you can burn all the calories in the world, but if you sit there and do that, then you go right back to and eat the wrong things, you're not going to see the benefits of that. All you're doing is evening out. Absolutely. So here it is. Uh, we're, we're out of time for Jerry. 
First 10 callers to the station, 727-5711, 727-5711. When you call, please leave your name, your email address, and telephone number. Name, email address, and telephone number. First 10 callers to the station, you will get a goodie bag. Compliments of Body by JG, Jerry Good. And also, if you want to speak with him in person, he'll be at the GNC store on Friday at what time? I'll be there from, you can come out either from 12 to 1 or 3 to 5. So if you're in the Norfolk area, Military Circle Shopping Center, 12 to 1 or 3 to 5, GNC, you can visit Jerry, speak with him directly. He can give you more information about the body cleanser as well as other nutritional tips that he can offer to you to help you out. And also, if you're looking for a fitness trainer, a personal fitness trainer, Jerry does that as well. How can they get in contact with you, Jerry, if someone's interested? Um, you can dial 757-412-9331. Um, and also, I do free consultations, sit down to you and um, see what we can do to get you to, your game plan goal. And also, even have group sessions. You know, you have you and your partners, you um, can benefit from that because when you help each other as a group, that's a big thing because now you have accountability as a group. All right, Jerry, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Once again, first 10 callers to the station, 727-5711. Leave your name, email address, and phone number. We will, And Jerry will get those names, and we will certainly, he will get in contact with you uh, and let you know how you can pick up those goodie bags. We're going to take a break here. We have a great show today, and as always, we want you to call in, uh, and we're going to talk about some of the things from the uh, minister's conference that we picked up last week, namely the theme of the conference and whether or not that's a national trend. And so we have Pastor Young is going to take a position. Pastor Johnson is going to take a position. We'll see how it plays out. We'll hear from you also. This is the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. Of a slave picking cotton Stress beaming down like the sun I felt rotten To the core was at war Cause the enemy is plotting I hear him knocking Saying that we got him Hot like solar He wanna burn my soul up World on my shoulder But I roll back your boulders Words have a funny way Of coming back to scold ya Watch what come out of your mouth You crack a molar I tried to told ya <laughs> And welcome back to the Pastor Study On the Essence of HU 88.1 WHOV Pastor Young, I love that song right there, man. That's that's LL and Mary Mary. Yeah, we had that discussion before about the yeah. secular music, but I'm sorry. I just, that song, I like that song right there. Yeah, bro, it, it makes me want to cry. I feel like a tear comes to my eye when I see LL Cool J uh, rapping gospel music, man. It's just, it's just supposed to be. It is supposed to be that way. Yes. Use your gifts and talents for the kingdom of God. And so, uh, Pastor Young, you, you have uh, something that's coming up next week and certainly we want to let the listening audience know what's going on tell us about what you have going on at your church next week yeah i am am very excited about what we got going on from the 22nd to the 24th uh we three amigos 
a.k.a. Pastor Dr. Kevin Swan uh, and Pastor Ray Johnson and myself are getting together and we're doing a three day revival. Uh, uh, this uh, revival is 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 entitled Turn Up the Heat Summer Revival. And, and our push is to uh, 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 make a call and a challenge to the body of Christ to turn up our intensity by way of our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're excited about uh, intensifying uh, our relationship uh, on an intimate level with with Jesus. And so uh, uh Pastor Swan is going to kick it off for us uh, Tuesday, um, the uh, 22nd of this month at 7 p.m. Uh, Pastor uh, Ray Johnson will uh, follow up uh, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And uh, I'll close it out on Thursday night at 7 p.m. So we want to encourage the listening audience to come out. But it is at the Empowered Believers Christian Learning Center. The address is 2096 Nickerson Boulevard in Hampton. That's 2096 Nickerson Boulevard in Hampton. And the telephone number for directions is 240-5834. Again, that's 240-5834. You can also uh, find information at empoweredbelievers.org. Very good. We are certainly excited about that opportunity. And so for those listening, you want to get a chance to, to see us do what we really do instead of talking on the radio. But, uh, you know, minister for the Lord, you can come out next Tuesday. Don't go to the church tonight. Nobody's going to be there uh, next Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, starting at 7 p.m. And if you are just tuning in, uh, we had certified fitness trainer Jerry Good uh, on the show talking about uh, nutritional habits for the summer. First 10 callers. Uh, we'll receive a goodie bag, and right now we're still at caller. We need two more, two more. If you call in right now, you may be a winner. 727-5711. Leave your name, email address, and telephone number, and certainly Jerry will get in contact with you if you want to receive the goodie bag. Pastor Ray Johnson, Calvary Revival Church Peninsula is in the house, did a great job last week at the minister's conference, was presenting on the uh, leadership and the integrity of ministry. So, Pastor Ray Johnson, first of all, how are you doing today? Very well, sir. Excited and good to be with you all here today. I'm doing extremely well, in particular, because it's 3-2 right now. 3-2. 3-2, meaning Boston is up 3-2 on the, on the Lakers. And, but you know it's going to go seven games, man. I mean... Man, you know it's going seven, and then we'll see what happens after that. But uh, you know, I, I want seven games. I don't. I, I don't want to watch baseball, so I gotta watch. Gotta watch basketball for as long as we can. But we want to jump into the show today. Um, this this show and the topic for the show actually came out of the theme for the ministers' conference. And, and let me say also to Dr. Harvey and to uh, Chaplain O'Brien, what a wonderful uh, ministers' conference that was held on last week. Uh, I received a lot of great information that, that was helpful to the ministry. But the theme of the conference last week basically centered around the integrity of, of the ministry, the integrity of pastors and, and, and leaders in, in church. And, and, you know, the word integrity simply means to be whole. It, it means to be complete. Uh, not that anybody is sin free, but that certainly we are as leaders, we are striving uh, to be in that direction because more than anything else, it's not the words that we say, it's the integrity of which we live that makes the difference. Now, the question becomes for today's show, and we're going to divide this show into two weeks, um, because when we started discussing integrity, we found that integrity is, varies in different places. Uh, the first area and most important is the integrity in the, in the life or the example of the pastor or the leader, the church leader. 
next week we're going to talk about integrity in terms of the preaching of the gospel or the bible preaching the whole story not just certain parts of it that might just want to encourage people so today's show will focus on the integrity of the leader in terms of example and here's the question and certainly we want to hear from you as a whole not not pointing out certain people but as a whole when you look at the landscape of churches as a whole did i say that already uh when you look at the landscape of churches, do you believe that pastors and church leaders are generally displaying integrity in their ministry? Or do you believe that as you look at the landscape of ministry, church leaders, pastors as a whole, you think that there's less integrity that is being displayed among pastors and leaders in churches? And so uh, Pastor Ray Johnson has a position and so does Pastor John Young. And it'll be interesting to see. We certainly want to hear from you as well. And here's the question again. I'm going to start with Pastor Young. Do you think that as a whole, when you look at the landscape of ministry, do you think that pastors by and large are displaying integrity in their ministry? In a word, yes, sir. Oh, that's more than one word. Um, <laughs> in two words, uh, yes, sir. You know, I, I absolutely think that uh, what's, what's going on now, and obviously there has been uh, some stains on, on the ministry uh, of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but by and large, I, uh, I, t I tip my hat to our uh, co-laborers in the gospel. Okay, so you, you believe that when we look over the ministry, most of the folk, not everybody, there's bad apples in every bunch, but most of the leaders are displaying integrity for the most part. Is your position yes sir all right so pastor ray johnson what is your position on this when you look at the landscape of ministry do you believe that pastors and church leaders by and large are displaying integrity in terms of the example that we are setting for our congregation and community well being that my ministry is from newport news and i have to bear bad news on my back <laughs> regularly pastor swan i'll have to say no sir that on a large continuum across the scale, across the board, that's my big word for the day, continuum, uh, we are not really, and I'm including myself in that, we are, because we're pastors and leaders, we are not doing a good job of modeling integrity across the board. Whew, it's about to get tight. Okay, okay so, so you're, Pastor Young says yes, Pastor Johnson says no, so now let me get your rationale as to why. Okay, Pastor Young, I'm going to start with you. Why do you believe that by and large pastors and church leaders are displaying integrity by our example, not our preaching, not our ministry, but just simply our living? And Pastor Johnson, then I want you to answer as to why you think that's not the case. Well, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to, you know, take us to church for a minute. You know, and, and uh, one of the things that, you know, the word tells us to believe the best about our brothers. And, you know, I'm convinced that un unless, you know, you know, most of the times the rumors that you hear, those rumors are rumors that we have um, uh, received uh, from the media uh, and, and other uh, outlets. But, you know, until we can sit down in a brother's face, look into his eyes and allow God to to uh, to uh, con uh, use us to connect with that brother, to see where they really are. You know, quite frequently, I think that um, we develop our opinions. Uh, uh, like scripture says to judge not a matter before it's time. 
And so unless I have personally um, uh, been in a position to be able to state, uh, I'm going to use a big word, brace yourself, unequivocally. (laughs) That one's for Pastor Ray. Um, (laughs) That that this brother is walking in error, then my heart is to assume that that my brother is 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 living upright and, and, and living a life that is pleasing before God. While I applaud Pastor Young's unequivocal (laughs) response, I simply have to say, Pastor Swan, you know, one of the things that um, um, is important for us is to live the word that we preach. And more people are concerned. I often say this, that more people are concerned with a sermon that they can see more than one that they can hear every day. And so when you look at the high numbers of divorce rate with with among clergy within the pulpit, uh, the numbers of adulteries that are taking place, uh, the numbers of spouses abuse that are taking place, um, uh, the number of um, improprieties in regards to administration and organization where the ministry is led financially and uh, from a leadership standpoint. Across the board, we're not doing well. And might I also add this, that oftentimes we know that what the Lord does is he deals with his shepherds uh, and he often deals with us behind closed doors. When we are unrepentant, the things that are done in the dark tend to come to the light. So when you look at what's happening in a large sense, um, the light that is being exposed, in my mind, I would say at least, is kind of a microcosm, new big word for the day, microcosm of what's, <laughs> of what's happening uh, on the ground, if you will. So uh, the large scandals are reflective of the small scandals, if you will, if you could say it that way. It, it's it's an interesting dilemma because, you know, I'm torn as I, as I hear it. On the one hand, you would like to think that pastors go into it for the right reasons. But we also know that not every pastor goes into ministry for the right reasons. Some people go in for power. Some people go in for money's sake. Some people go in for whatever. On the other hand, the question has to be raised. Why would the conference have to focus on integrity? If integrity was not an issue, you know, and and so when I when I when I hear that, okay, the theme is integrity in ministry. Pastor Young, if it was not an issue, then why are we talking about it in front of 10,000 other pastors and leaders about the importance of maintaining integrity if it's not an issue? Well, you know, I I don't believe to say that it is not an issue would be inaccurate. Um, I believe that integrity is an issue for the body of Christ, not just uh, relegated to ministers. Relegated is almost a big word. But but, <laughs> but the point is, though, is that, you know, in- integrity um, is something that we should talk about, you know, just because um, we aren't caught up in, say, for example, adultery or fornication isn't necessarily something that, that doesn't need to be discussed and preached and talked about. We need to, to uh, teach the whole counsel of God. And um, that's obviously, uh, I believe, where we're going next week. But but the point is, is that just because, you know, God puts it on 
on the heart of whoever he used to put this conference together doesn't mean that he wasn't necessarily uh, preparing uh, a, a forerunner for the temptations that are, are coming up uh, for ministers and teachers uh, uh, of the gospel. Because again, you know, he has a reputation of sending a forerunner. Uh, uh, give me, give me a, uh, uh, an amen for John the Baptist. You know, you, 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 you Baptist preachers out there and whatnot. Y'all know about John the Baptist. But the point that I was trying to make, because I'll get off on a tangent, is that, you know, I, I, I absolutely agree that integrity in ministry has to be uh, at the forefront of our discussions quite frequently. But I don't want us to take that to another extreme and assume because we're talking about it. It's just like if somebody's crying in church, everybody's like, oh, what did she do or what did he do? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing because of the subject matter. Okay. And, and so, Pastor Johnson, when, when we're talking about a lack of integrity in ministry, what do you think are some of the fallout? Because we do understand that, you know, what we do know this congregations, rightly or wrongly, tend to take on the personality and the conduct of the pastor. So, whatever flows through the pastor ends up in the body. Correct? So. What can be some of the consequences in your mind if the if the head is not exhibiting integrity? What kind of impact does that have on the body? You know, Pastor Swan, John Maxwell said these words that everything rises and falls on leadership. And I often say it this way. It's a not so much a matter of what's taught, but what's caught. And uh, so it's really about what your, your filter is. Uh, in terms of, you know, I, as I taught my sessions, I, I made sure I communicated to the ministers, ministers that there's a difference between pastoring and preaching. In your preaching, it's proclamatory. And what you're trying to do is, I tried to slip that in on y'all real quick. What you're trying to do is, is really, if you will, if you use a baseball analogy, knock the ball out of the park. But when it comes to pastoring, it's day-to-day -day shepherding and feeding and sometimes you got to feed in small bite-sized chunks and so as you do that that comes from your own filter uh, your own spirit and so when you say that um, you know the congregation begins to become reflective of the pastor um, what's going on in our own spirits in terms of what we're teaching and you can't teach something that you don't have in other words you can't be something that you are not yourself and so it becomes quite problematic and difficult to do that. Um, just to kind of dovetail on the, on the first question you asked, Pastor Young, having worked alongside Reverend Hagens, who was the executive secretary for the conference, um, she has kind of placed me over the Church Leadership Development Academy. And uh, one of the things that she drove home to us, myself and Reverend Guns and a few others, uh, very strongly is making sure that we teach on issues of leadership and integrity, um, the pulpit and ministry, where it, as it relates to the minister, the message that we preach, we'll talk about that next week, but also the movement of that message. What's happening day to day on the ground in the city that you pastor in? And so what assignment are you assigned to? So, for example, um, you know, Pastor Swan, as you are feeling a sense of call to marriage. So my wife and I, we lead in that way as well. And if, you know, 65, 80, 75 percent of the marriages in our city are broken then we've got to become the example to mend that or to help heal that. Now, we can't do that if we're at home and we're fighting with First Lady in the house. So we've got to be very clear about integrity. Integrity means whole. We can't be divided amongst ourselves, within ourselves, spiritually speaking. So on a large continuum, we've got to do better all the way around. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, I tell you. And here's what we want to do now. We want to open up the phone lines we want to hear from you. I'm interested to hear. I don't want anybody to say 
where they go to church, okay? I, what I want to know is simply, when you call in, do you believe that your pastor, your church leaders, do you believe starting with your pastor? Is that pastor displaying integrity, not by the preaching, but by the example that they are living? And how important is it to you that the pastor preaches and lives with integrity? Pastor Young, let me ask you, do you think people really, do you think um, members really care that the pastor has a level of integrity or not? I mean, I think that's a legitimate question to ask. We want to open up the phone lines, 727-5711, 727-5711. How important is integrity in terms of the example that the pastor is setting? How important is that in ministry? Pastor Young, do you think by and large members are concerned about that? Or do you think a lot of members, look, just preach to me, just give me what I need and I'll be fine. I understand nobody's perfect. Everybody falls. How important is integrity? Uh, I think it's huge to to um, most um, sincere uh, parishioners that are really seeking to intensify their relationship with God. And the thing that I think is interesting is that because we talk about oftentimes how the congregation tends to take on the personality or, 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 or et cetera of the pastor. And as much as that's a nice cliche, I challenge you to support it with scripture, you know, because the truth is, is that, you know, uh, even right now tonight at our church, you know, we're feeding the homeless. We've got people in there that are, are, are caught up in prostitution, that are addicted to drugs and alcohol. Many of them will, will, will uh, continue to take part in our ministry, and it may be years uh, uh, before they are, are completely transformed, uh, you know, or, or I wouldn't say completely, you know, but before they start to make progress. But the point is, is that you can't look at the, the struggles of the congregation and automatically attach that to the pastor's struggle, because any healthy church ought to be going out and getting some people that don't look like the pastor and, and bringing them into the church and allowing them to be loved into submission. Yeah, and I think even in that, though, Pastor, that that is the heart of the past. You know, if you're loving people enough to go out and get people who don't look like you, who don't act like you, who come from a very different background, that has to start from the top. Right. So, you know, I do think that, yes, you should have a diverse group of people. Um, but what your mission is and how you're going to get these folks definitely starts with the pastor. Please turn your radio down, sir. Keith, yes, sir. Go ahead. Keith from Hampton Roads. We have you on the air. Welcome to the pastor study. Hey, good afternoon, Pastor Swan and, and panel. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, just to answer your question, it's, it's something that definitely I have thought about um, as far as my pastor being a man of integrity. And, you know, a couple of the, the indicators for me was how he treated his family and the dealings with his wife. And, um, you know, I could truly say that, you know, my pastor could come over to my house while I wasn't there and I wouldn't have to worry about him making any moves at my wife or any woman in the congregation for that matter. Uh, that was one of the, the key points for me in deciding actually, you know, initially what church I would go to because I had experience previously where, you know, I couldn't even trust the man of God to deal with my spouse. So, you know, and, and just in, in the integrity part, you know, he, he's not laboring before us, but he's laboring before God and he's gonna be the one accountable for the dealings for his personal affairs so, um, yes, I believe integrity is important, and I believe that people are watching. Um, okay. And that's all I had to say. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for your time, Keith. Yes, sir. Wow. Now, now let me say this, Pastor Johnson. We know, and I can just say this, there's some high-profile ministers, not locally, nationally, that can preach, 
a storm spirit caught up in the moment but when you look at their life and some of the things that they have done i'm thinking of a few in particular i don't want to mention names what kind of impact does that have when you when you know somebody is gifted but yet the integrity of their life doesn't match what they look like when they are behind the pulpit and 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 preaching with thus saith the lord I have a word for that, Pastor Swan, that comes from the book of Romans, that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And so we must understand that, like I said, preaching and pastoring are two different things. Preaching is a gift. It's, it's proclamation. It's oratory. I mean, it's, it's charisma. Uh, that's preaching. Now, if, if God can use a donkey in the Old Testament, then certainly he can use some of our brethren today uh, because the, the word that you preach is the truth. Now, whether or not you live that word is two totally different things. And I would hate to be, uh, like Paul says, become a castaway and stand before Jesus. He says, depart from me. I never knew you. That has to do with your lifestyle. So we've got to make sure that we separate gift from true anointing and true character. Absolutely. Uh, we do have another call. I believe Lisa from Virginia Beach. Lisa, are you there? I'm there. I'm here. Go ahead, and, go ahead and state your comment, please. Okay, um, just to um, Pastor Swan, to everyone on the panel, this is a great discussion. I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I am thankful that God placed um, my husband and myself in a ministry where we follow a man and woman of God that um, is after God's heart, and they are in, um, full of integrity and character. But the thing that I admire most about them, and I think that this kind of um, goes hand-in-hand hand with integrity, is their transparency. Because um, oftentimes I think um, it's important, of course, you have to model integrity and model character. But when we do have struggles or we do fall short in areas, as all men do, men and women, I'm saying in turn. Yes, um, please. <laughs> please say women too. <laughs> men and women do. That it's important for us um, to be honest. I'm not saying that men and women of God need to um, bear their soul before the congregation. That's not what I mean. But it, it's helpful when um, men and women of God are, have gone through struggles or been delivered from things, that they share that. And it's not necessarily just be about their testimony and sharing it, but being about you know their day-to-day -day walk, their day-to-day -day struggles. I mean, the small things. I remember our um, pastor, one of the, the things that he talked about that God dealt with him about was his closet. I mean, something that seemed like insignificant to everybody else or to most people who've never even seen his closet. You know, he said, you know, God was, you know, dealing with him in that area because, you know, it was out of order. You know, and he was like, if this is out of order, you know, what other parts of your life are out of order? And then trying to get that thing together. And so that's just an exa one example um, of many that he exhibits. But I, I just wanted to say that that's very important for, um, the sheep to see that because it does help to model because sometimes it sometimes it may feel like it's um, not attainable um, or it may feel like okay that's them they've arrived I'm here and I'm struggling and that's you know I, I don't I don't think I'll be able to to get to the point where they are or whatever so knowing that it's, it was a process for them and being transparent about that process sometimes I think um, men and women of God feel like um, well, if they knew that about me, they wouldn't want to follow me. Or if they knew that, you know what I mean? It, yes. it just it becomes an issue. And to that, like I said, well, I don't feel like they should have to bear all of their dirty laundry or all their business. It is helpful um, because, of course, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And that is helpful for other people to hear it. 
even when we feel like it's something that, oh my goodness, this is like, I don't even want to share this with anybody, but it's, it's important for us to be able to hear that and sharing that. And that's what draws us closer in connection. So that we don't feel like we're by ourselves and we don't feel isolated and we don't feel like, you know, let me check my salvation card because I'm struggling with this or I'm going through this. Okay. So I just wanted to share that, but, but thank, thank you, you. Thank you so much for the call, Lisa. We appreciate it. And uh, Pastor Young, you know, so far the, the two that have called in have been in support of their pastor saying, yes, my pastor maintains integrity. I'd be interested to hear somebody call and say, I, 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 I have not seen integrity. I, I would be interested, not that you call out any names, but I mean, that's a reality. We do know that there's some members of a church who who have a pastor who is not displaying integrity. That, that's a reality. But but pastor, in hearing that comment from, from Lisa talking about the transparency, how important do you think that is for a pastor? Yeah, I think many pastors are afraid to be transparent because they're going to be crucified. They'll say, crucify him and give us Barabbas. And, uh, <laughs> but... But, you know, this is the thing that I would I would want to point out. A lot of times the people that are at a current church actively worshiping, they, they probably ought to feel that way about their pastor. But my experience has been the people that are coming into our ministry from other churches. What do they say about their former pastor? And I have been very um, uh, I, I have been an advocate of the former pastor. In other words, you know, you know, we need to know those that labor among us is what the Bible says. So so, you know, I never let them uh, speak ill of their former pastor. You know, I. I want to make sure that they know that, hey, look, you know, you if you put anybody under a microscope, you're going to find some things that you disagree with this, that or the other. And if the brother is struggling somewhere, let's get together and pray for him that God restores him. But on the other hand, we got to be careful not to touch God's anointed. You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, because, again, if they're with us and they're talking about their former pastor, if they were to leave our church, you know, they're going to talk about us. <laughs> That's, that's just the reality of the situation. I do think we have another call. Ronald, are you there? I'm here. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Welcome to the pastor study. Thank you. Thank you. Um, in my situation, I think that the pa the pastor um, has to struggle with preaching. Like I say, it's a gift to preach. That's a gift. No one can take that away from preaching your gift. But when it comes to a pastor, it comes with leadership. And if you haven't been taught how to lead and accept the comments to make you a better leader, you will struggle. And that's where you're a pastor or any person in a position of leadership and authority. Okay. We appreciate the call. Thank you for the time. Perhaps what he's saying, Pastor Johnson, is that sometimes um, pastors are not always accepting of the realities of p perhaps how people see their ministry. And, and that sometimes when that happens, that can cause a great deal. It, when somebody is not willing to accept constructive criticism, is that a sign of, of difficult, lack, you know, that might not be lack of integrity, but can that create potential issues down the line? Uh, yeah, I would agree. It can, it can create potential issues down the line in the sense that uh, when constructive criticism is given, you don't, you're not accepting of that constructive criticism and there. It creates blind spots in how you lead, if you will. Uh, so that can that can cause you in some other areas to have um, you could compromise your integrity in some other areas when you're not accepting of blind spots in some areas. So, yeah, uh, that does work. All right. Let's see here. I think we have uh, Chris. Chris, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Welcome to the pastor study. Uh, yes. Uh, integrity really does play a big key in any type of environment, especially uh, when it comes to being in church. Uh, 
met my pastor before I even knew he was one, and just seeing his image and whatnot, uh, when I ran into a problem, I wanted to talk to him about it, and I knew he did. Once I did find out he had a church, uh, I had a conversation with him, and he put me back in faith, put me back in line like maybe an hour. And at that point, I realized that, you know, it was that much important that I could, I guess, relate to his problems and his situations and look upon him as like a role model type. So that's just my comment. Okay. Thank you for the call. And uh, Pastor Young, again, we, we're hearing this this example piece. Is, is, and, and the stories that we're hearing from the callers are not preaching moments. These are outside of the pulpit moments that validate what you do in the pulpit. And, and so, again, um, the necessity, and, and you're saying that you believe that most pastors are exhibiting this kind of example outside of the pulpit, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Because the truth is, is that most pastors that are bad at it don't know it, um, you know. And so what happens is, is that, you know, when people try to come and give them what they believe to be constructive uh, criticism or constructive advice, then, you know, it they don't necessarily receive it because it's a matter of you challenging what God has called me to do. And so at that point, you know, it's very important for you to get to the point to where you understand the heart of the shepherd that God has called you to serve uh, with. And so with that being said, I have discovered that even the, in other words, ignorance doesn't necessarily mean evil. And so just because they don't know any better or just because, you know, and that that's one thing, you know, but now, you know, I, I have a hard time believing that the great majority of the pastors out there are just conniving, backbiting, you know, uh, uh, preachers that's just out there to to just molest God's people. That hadn't been my experience. Okay, so let me ask you both this quick question. All of you know, all of us are pastors. We had to learn under someone. We also have the responsibility of training others. So, in your experience of learning, and now in your experience of training. How much did you hear in your training the importance of integrity? And then how much now, how much weight do you now give in training others? Because what I find is, you know, we, we want people to know the Bible. We want people to have certain no polity of, of different things. But how much time is actually spent talking about the the life of the leader? How much did you get in hearing that, that before you even speak, your life and how you live and what you model is, is more important and now as a pastor in your training of others. You know, Pastor Swan, this is very critical uh, because I hold an MIT class. I started out within my first year in pastoring and, and, started, and holding an MIT class and training uh, ministers to be able to exegete the text, be expository, understand history, all of that, right? But now in my time as I was trained, you know, one of the things that was, that was constantly pushed toward me through my seminary experience and being trained by my pastor was integrity and he measured integrity in the sense of if I can't trust you to show up on time to facilitate service or to show up to my training times on time um, then why can or how do I how do you think I can trust you to now lead somebody else and so when we look at integrity it becomes critically important and I use that as a marker now today in my own ministry if I can't uh, trust you to show up on time to simply open prayer service or to be faithful to do hospital visitation or to make sure that you close the building up on time and do what you're supposed to do, then why are you thinking or believing that you should be licensed or ordained to be able to lead somebody else? You know, Jesus said, if you're faithful over a few things, I make you rule over many. So that becomes a, a very critical issue of integrity. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I I just sort of put a little slant on on this in that, you know, a lot of times the things that, that Pastor Ray is describing are absolutely necessary because discipline is an aspect of integrity where, where you know, they are demonstrating discipline. But at the same time, uh, there are people that are faithful and they are every time the door is open, but they live in like all get out, you know, just live in foul. And so I guess the point is, is that, you know, you know, when when I look at the fruits of, you know, because we, we are uh, fruit inspectors and, you know, uh, you know, the word talks about how by their fruits, they'll know them. And so we, we produce the fruits of the spirit. Um, and, 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 and there are certain there, again, there are certain things that um, you won't know unless you just follow somebody around all over the place and see what they do and, and and how they do it or whatever and most times if you're following them around they probably gonna act right you know most people act right in church and so i guess the point is that there has to become an element of faith that you have in the people that god has has brought alongside to serve alongside of you in other words i'm gonna give my brother the benefit of the doubt i'm gonna be my brother's keeper love is gonna cover a multitude of sins and so when i do discover uh you know and and i i don't have as many big words as ray does so i have to keep you using the same one when i do discover unequivocally i mean i studied that one man so just let me ride with it for a minute and when i discover it unequivocally then i'm going you know i'm going to take the brother to the side and we're going to deal with it privately <laughs> i'm glad you studied that word for the day too by the way we, we do have another caller an anonymous caller caller are you there yes i am i uh i think integrity is huge but um and this is just an opinion I don't think it's about perfection. I don't think anyone expects their pastor or any spiritual leader to be perfect, but rather it's about direction. If you have observed someone over a period of time and you keep seeing them make the same types of mistakes over and over and over again, I think you have to face the facts. Again, I I don't mean that critically. I mean that compassionately. Okay. We appreciate the call. Thank you for your time. And as long as you are striving is what the caller is saying, that, that might be there. But let me ask you this. Can, can some mistakes be fatal? Mm. Even if it's once. For example, money. Uh, illicit sexual activity. Can you get past these if you're in, you know, if you're in a certain place, does that, does that, and I'm going to ask you both, does that permanently damage your reputation or hinder your integrity as a pastor, even though you might have repented, even though you might have gone? Do you think that can those things get past when those offenses happen? Well, you know, I have a I have a problem with absolutes. And so, you know, I mean, it would ha it would be hard for me to say permanently, you know, when you have those old hymns like what can wash away my sin, you know. But but the point is, though, is that even David came back from sleeping with the man's wife and then having him killed, you know, and then, you know, so that, they, they, you know, you can make a comeback from anything. But Lord have mercy. It's certain it's certain uh, um, uh, indiscretions. That's not really that big of a word, but I'm going to go ahead and claim it as one. There's certain indiscretions you can use that will set you way back immediately as opposed to, you know, uh, the ones that society weighs as not that big of a deal. Let me throw a caveat in there to that story. Um, he made the comeback, but it wasn't in church. Now, you understand that in church, some of the most critical, some of the most unforgiving, some of the most uh, not hate filled, but people who don't forget anything. 
elephant minds are in the church. So can people get past a fatal flaw? Pastor Johnson. Yes, Pastor Swan, I'll say yes, but I'll say it in this sense. It requires you to have to walk on eggshells. I'll say that. Uh, you can recover um, just the way that David did, but it requires for you to have to walk on eggshells. And one of the things that I taught on in the minister's conference in the pulpit in the minister class was about uh, how we as the church, um, and I'm saying uh, body of Christ wide, uh, regardless of denomination, we are not doing a good job of restoring uh, fallen pastors. And one of the things that I, I would like to see us do is to be able to put, you know, fail safe mechanisms on one end for preventative measures. And on the other side, be able to give the minister, his family, her family, their children time away, continue to receive salary support, health care support while they are going through a process of counseling and healing themselves and then return back. Uh, to the pulpit because all of us have flesh all of us are human beings uh, all of us walk through processes now I say that uh, in the breath of saying um, behooves big word that we've got to just for the benefit of Pastor Young today that we've got to make sure that we walk the walk and talk the talk and uh, as the previous caller said uh, we can't have repetitive continuous issues um, in some positions of leadership when that happens uh, the question has to be asked, should we be in that post of leading or not? Uh, with the understanding that the gift of preaching, uh, and I would say the science and art of pastoring, are two totally different things. Very much so, and, and we're out of time. But I do want to add this comment very quickly, that regardless of which side of the fence you're on, whether or not you think, by and large, most pastors are displaying integrity or not, the reality is when there is a lack of integrity, it affects everybody. It affects all pastors, all leaders in a community. So, you know, regardless of if you did it, sometimes we are indirectly accused of committing some of the same offenses. And so it, it is a call uh, to offer integrity by the example that we live. Very quickly, I'm going to give Pastor Young, Pastor Johnson about 10 seconds to offer their final comment before we close the show for today. Amen. Well, I think in moments like these, we probably need to turn up the heat. So I'm going to steal a plug here. Y'all come check us out. These three amigos are going to get together on the 22nd through the 24th, and we're going to turn up the heat and we're going to we're going to intensify our relationship with God. So come on and be a part of it. And I know God is going to use each of them. I would I would echo that just by simply saying there's got to be somebody in at least this generation that walks the walk and talks the talk. And so uh, we endeavor to do that to the very best of our ability. Uh, and I want to encourage a laity as well, not just leadership, but laity to begin to just live the scripture Monday through Saturday. A sermon that you can see is better than one that you can hear any day. Very good. And on that note, we're going to end part one today. Next week, we get into integrity in terms of the preaching of the gospel or the Bible. Let me not just say the gospel, the entire message. Do we preach only certain parts of it by and large or do most pastors preach it all? And so we want to thank Pastor Ray Johnson, Pastor John Young, Jerry Good, certified fitness trainer for GNC, Miss Laura, who worked the phones today, who did a great job as always. Moose Anderson, who's in studio with us. Until next week, be blessed and be a blessing to someone else. This is the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV.